Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. My name is Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, a full-service crowdfunding marketing agency and your host of Art of the Kickstart. Each week, I interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. If you're interested in learning what we're all about or kickstarting your own crowdfunding campaign, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com slash checklist. Here you'll find our entire guide to crushing your campaign and taking your business to new heights. Now let's get on with the show. Thank you for joining another episode of Art of the Kickstart. I am joined today with Oscar Pedroso of Thimble. Oscar, I appreciate you joining us today. Thanks a lot, Roy. Great to be here. So tell us, what is Thimble? Uh, Thimble is uh, kind of like Blue Apron, Blue Crate, or BarkBox. It's basically a monthly subscription box that you get in the mail. And inside each box, you'll find about 15 to 20 electronic components to build a specific kind of device. An example could be um, a robot, quadcopter, an alarm clock, an LED cube. And then uh, we have a companion instructional app that walks you through how to build what's inside the kit, regardless of experience. So it helps uh, to teach you electronics, basically. Awesome. So we've seen a lot of you know subscription-type boxes not do as well. What, what helped you guys crush your funding goal in the first two days? I think there are a variety of things. I, I, we uh, launched with a launch party. We, we invited some friends and family. And we're able to harness some press to write about us. We also reached our goal a little over 48 hours in. So I think it was, uh, it helped to create a success story. And that was probably like the initial ripple that sort of got us out there as far as exposure. Um, and then it wasn't long before we had other people writing about us. Also, we, we've been to quite a few maker fairs. So we had a, we have a pretty large email list about 2,000 people, at least going into the Kickstarter. So we had support from there as well when we launched. And we made sure that we had people engaged well before the Kickstarter launch. So going into it, I mean, the first two days we, we met our goal. And about a week later, we hit 50K and close to 100K about a month in. Um, but I'd say those were probably initially the, the biggest things that set us on our way. And then there were big articles, obviously, like um, Engadget uh, featured an article on us. And that was like a huge spike for us. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, obviously lining up a lot of these things certainly are key. You know, let, let's take a step back and, you know, kind of talk about what, what is the backstory and, you know, where did this all start with you and your business partner? Yeah. Um, so, well, my background's in, uh, I mean, I went to school for math and economics, but uh, I started a tutoring business a few years ago. And then from there, my uh, full-time job at the time was working in college admissions. So I worked in an engineering school, doing recruiting, interviewing, uh, reading applications. And uh, that sort of gave me an idea to start a website where uh, engineering students could showcase their projects. So being able to tell a story behind building, I don't know, a robot, for example, and then from there, we sort of noticed that there were a couple, well, quite a few people who were having discussions around electronics on the website. So we decided to place a little more 
of our time trying to learn what um, what they wanted, I guess, because they were very active on the website. And this was right around the time I met my co-founder. Uh, we met on Hacker News, just talking about different stuff. And it turns out that he uh, he and I are only 30 minutes apart, so we ended up meeting up for coffee. And he's also uh, very passionate about electronics and the makerspace in general. So we we decided to work together, and it's been about a year and a half now. A little over a year. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so you guys met on a forum. You know, that that's pretty interesting. You guys clicked and just so happens you guys were close enough to be able to work and function together. That's pretty impressive. I mean, how, how, how do you guys work together? I mean, in terms of developing this product out, you know, what elements, uh, you know, did you handle internally? Did you have other support? Because I saw you guys have a great list of mentors as well. How did that all evolve in terms of building your team out? Uh, well, so let's see. Uh, so Dave's mostly the engineer, so he had some ideas for the type of projects we would include in some of the kits. And um, over time, going to a bunch of networking events, we've met a few people, and people have introduced us to some of our advisors. And anywhere we come up short, skill set wise, we we like to make sure that we can fill in those gaps with people. So like Mitch Altman is one of our advisors, and he's He's the creator of TVB Gone. So he's gone through the whole experience of creating a product and seeing it through from, you know, design, design for manufacturing, fulfillment. So he was someone that is someone that we've latched onto. And that, that, that includes other people as well like for business, marketing, sales, even just to have people to just listen what we're doing, listen to what we're doing and have a discussion around any challenges we're having that's been sort of i guess on the fly but over time looking back now you know we have a pretty good good team of advisors behind us definitely so when you guys first thought of this idea from inception how long did it or how did crowdfunding become you know part of the conversation to launch so we weren't originally planning doing a Kickstarter. We were going to do a private beta with our first 2,000 email subscribers. And then, uh, but then we sort of had to really think about what we wanted to accomplish in the next 12 months. So we had quit our full-time job. So if we did an online beta, we had to be sure that we would bring in enough money to support ourselves and continue growing the business. And the Kickstarter was more of a, an avenue to accomplish that because I think it would require a huge effort, right? Marketing effort, at least, because we would be telling everybody about Thimble. Whereas if we had done an online beta, it would have been a very small group of people that would have been buying into the concept. So I brought it up to, to David and he was like, uh, a little bit, uh, for a little bit, he was resistant to doing a Kickstarter because it's a huge undertaking. But then uh, I ended up persuading him. And then we were we decided this probably around late September that we would do a Kickstarter. And then we spent two, three solid months putting all of our energy into putting a solid campaign together. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, that's usually, you know, a good amount of time to do the preparation in terms of the campaign. You said you had built up a list of around 2,000 people. Was that, you know, more of the grassroots effort and, you know, being available at whether it be the incubators or, you know, feet on the street in terms of some of the other groups that are around you? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, 
we've probably been to about six, seven maker fairs. You know, we're part of a local maker space. We're also pretty active on Reddit, um, on the Arduino and electronics sub- subreddits. So we've been able to get a huge number of people to just follow us and give us really good feedback, positive and negative. And that's been sort of our approach as opposed to maybe doing ad campaigns or spending money building, you know, buying lists or whatnot. Yeah, those, those rarely ever work out well. Um, you know, it's great that you guys were involved in getting feedback. I mean, were you actually putting product out there to, you know, your groups or subreddits out there to get initial feedback before you launched? Eventually we did. Um, at first we, we uh, just wanted to see people's reception to the concept you know, monthly kits being delivered to your house and a learning app so you could follow along. We saw it being done for uh, other products like, you know, BarkBox and BirchBox. So we thought if this can be done for lipstick and makeup and dog treats, we could definitely do it for education and electronics. From there, though, then we started creating prototypes and we started showing those at the maker fairs and getting feedback on people and and then we started hearing people wanting to subscribe, but we weren't quite ready yet. So that was that was kind of like the beginning of when we thought this might have some legs. It was just a matter of knowing how big this could become. So did you guys have any expectations of hitting almost $300,000 for your campaign? Or was it just, you know, totally baffling? It was a little baffling. I mean, I, I, going on Kickstarter, I saw quite a few campaigns that had reached... 100, 200, 300 thousand dollars and, and beyond. Our, our pie in the school, uh, pie, pie in the sky goal was more like a hundred thousand dollars. So it was definitely, it's definitely a surprise having almost hit 300 thousand. We even started at 50 thousand as our initial goal and then we decided to lowball it just so we could create a success story first. And then once we hit a hundred, we were like, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Not even really- like one month in. So. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, you guys, you guys crushed it. And I think it, it goes to, you know, your initial offerings and, you know, how you guys started working, engaging the community, building that up and having trust, you know, in the marketplace to deliver a truly awesome product, not once, but every month now. So how are, how are you guys going to scale that? How is that built out? Well, right now, um, so we designed the kids. We have a contract manufacturer working with us who can basically create up to 100,000 units per production line in a 30, 40 day lead time. So we're good on that end and we're, we're sort of ahead of the game right now because we were doing a lot of this planning before the Kickstarter started. So as far as like the, the first few kits, we have those in line to be produced. From there, we have our uh, fulfillment house in New Jersey that we'll be uh, shipping out of. and. Hopefully, hopefully by April, we'll be able to have that set. Um, as, now that the Kickstarter is over, we want to continue generating sales. So we're about to launch an online store while we're finalizing Kickstarter and using BackerKit to make sure that's all organized. One of the weird things about our campaign is that instead of giving one reward, some of the reward tiers were multiple subscriptions. So you could buy, you know, the first kit, but you could also do a three, six, or twelve month subscription. So uh, we want to be careful how that gets organized. So that's why we're putting the time into making sure we have the right tools. 
But as far as like scaling, I think the, the next big step is just figuring out what the future kits are, like the six, seven, eight and beyond kits are, and then ensuring that we can market to the right audiences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's always, you know, you're, you're in a unique situation where you have to deliver multiple times where many other crowdfunding campaigners just have to delinger, deliver the single product. Um, so that's obviously going to be issues that you guys are going to be dealing with, but it sounds like you guys are on a great path. Definitely. We're, we're, we're ready. <laughs> so, so what's next then for you guys? Um, well, so we're, we've sort of been laser focused. I mean, we were just whiteboarding yesterday what the next three, four months look like. But at a very high level, we're trying to figure out what the next 18 months look like from a financial standpoint. And so we're trying to figure out how much of the money from Kickstarter we need to set aside to deliver on our product. But then whatever's left over, we want to use to continue growing the business. So I guess. In short, we really we're, we're sort of really micro focused on understanding the business that we're sort of setting out to to create before we dive deep right into anything else: product development, marketing, customer engagement, building out the learning app. We're, we're, there's so many moving parts to what we're trying to do. I mean, the kits and the learning app are the two most important things, but then from there, customer support is going to be important. Then ensuring that we are providing a positive experience for our subscribers. So making it fun, right? So you're not just building something. One of the, one of our ideas is to create contests. So we're trying to figure that out as well. Um, and what we're realizing too is that it's good. It's, it's becoming a little busier than we can handle. So it's, it's becoming more than the two of us. So we're definitely going to have to hire at some point, whether it's just a part time or one solid person to help us. You know, <laughs> try Time to, to scale, scale right? Some of these obstacles, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, how did you guys end up? You know, in terms of you know a monthly delivery service, how in the product and the pricing and the rewards? Can you kind of talk about how you guys figured out that model and the pricing for them? Yeah. Um, well, so first we looked at the market. We looked at other electronic kit companies. Like Little Bits, uh, Adafruit, Spark Fun, you know, there, there's definitely other offerings out there, but no one's really doing the monthly delivery as far as delivering a project every month and then having a, a guided path to learn. On top of that, so, and no one's really offering sort of a, a, a pricing point where we were at. If you want to buy a starter kit for Little Bits, it costs 180 bucks just for, for one kit, which is a lot. And so where we, where we started was, okay, what kind of projects do we want to create? And then how much does it cost to create these projects? So we figure, you know, if we can create a project between 15 and $30, then that's good enough. And then we can from there decide, you know, I think the standard, the standard rule of thumb is if you're going to create hardware, it's like three to five X, you know, times the cost. That's how we looked at it, and and from there we've been pretty happy with just how we've priced everything. And I think that's going to be an ongoing thing because hardware, a lot of it's dependent on volume, and so we're starting off with delivering close to three thousand units. So I think uh, if we can grow from that and reach ten thousand units, our costs will continue to decrease. 
So I think there may be options to lower pricing maybe or create separate tiers of projects that people can buy into which aren't as expensive. Got it. Now, this is truly interesting. Uh, so now, Oscar, we get into the uh, launch round. Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> awesome. So what life quote do you live by? Life quote? Um, I don't know. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but never give up. <laughs> I feel like as an entrepreneur, we quit his full-time job, and I, I really don't do anything else right now other than this. And... You know, I, I used to be an athlete and I feel like I don't get to do as, a lot of the things that I enjoy doing, but I, I have this one goal of just seeing this through. And I'm, I sort of view that as a, as a good thing, right? Because you sort of need to be relentless as an entrepreneur. Every day, right? So that's all definitely about something I live by. <laughs> so what inspired you to be an entrepreneur then? You know, I, I, it's funny because nobody in my family is an entrepreneur. I'm the first one. But I've always thought about it since college. And I was originally going to go to business school and decided that I didn't want to spend the money and that I just figured it out on my own. And uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, maybe business school down the line, who knows, maybe I don't need it. But um, this has sort of been my business school, just learning from my mistakes. And, That's the uh, only way. Doing right. a little bit of everything, meeting new people. And, and I think my first taste of, of entrepreneurship was when I started the tutoring company six years ago. I just liked that I had the freedom to do what I wanted and that I was in charge of, you know, making my clients happy and, and sort of, you know, that's kind of what I really enjoy about everything. Awesome. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would you want to have coffee with? Man, um, who would I want? Probably Elon Musk. It's definitely somebody I'd love to meet. I read a lot of his stuff. And What would be your first question for Elon? Man, it would probably be... That's a tough one. <laughs> probably how many times people have said no to his... Uh, I'd ask him like how many people were resistant to any of his ideas and how he pushed through that. That's something I've seen too is people who are like, you know, what is this monthly subscription idea that you have and is it really going to work? And he has, and Elon has like a ton of huge ideas, which some people, they didn't believe in at first. So it'd be, I'd love to learn a little bit about that. It wouldn't be, can I be the first person on the Hyperloop? Sure. <laughs> I could probably ask that as well. So uh, are there any business books or life books that you'd recommend to our listeners? Um, the Drucker series uh, is probably, well, there are a couple books. The Drucker series is a great book on just general business. Uh, some good case studies in there of um, just several companies that Peter Drucker created and how he views business. Then there's um, The Innovator's Dilemma. Probably another good book to read. Uh, how you should start a company from idea to finish, basically. Mm, there's some other books, too, that I can't quite recall. But I'd say those are the first two that stood out when I first started reading. Obviously, there's The Lean Startup that I read. Running Lean was another one, um, which really hit on customer discovery. Right. 
and making sure you're being lean as possible during the whole startup process. Yeah, yeah. Eric's book on lean startup is definitely key, and you know we recommend it to a lot of our people and listeners. Even you know getting that UVP and really making sure that that's the best product that you can get out at this point because timing is everything. Yes. So, Oscar, what do you think the future of crowdfunding looks like? Um, well, I mean, you have companies like Kickstarter and Indiegogo. It's going to be really interesting to see. Like, I've noticed Indiegogo's in-demand program, and I noticed that Kickstarter isn't doing that. But um, I think there are a lot of people that still don't know about crowdfunding, so I think it's going to get even bigger. And I'm saying that just based on the number of people that have backed us that have never backed any other projects. So I think there's definitely potential there. And just people understanding that they have the ability to create something and and um, getting people around them to connect with their idea. I think we're definitely going to see that more. In the space that we're in, in the makerspace community, we see a lot of people who are really curious about crowdfunding. They look at it as a daunting task, but I've been asked so many questions about how to get started. So I think it's going to be, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we see other type of platforms out there that end up being created to accommodate people who want to create different types of projects, like even in the DIY and electronics community alone. But then, you know, Kickstarter and Indiegogo already do a great job. So, I mean, those are platforms that I usually tell people about. Another one that I recently saw, too, was uh, Crowd Supply. They focus more on hardware-type companies. Um, right. Yeah. So what, There's a lot awesome. going on. Yeah, no, definitely. We, we see a tremendous growth, obviously, with crowdfunding. And we think, you know, it's going to go to new heights, you know, given the more education that's out there with great products like yours coming out. And, you know, a lot of, like you mentioned, many new backers, you know, to the campaign as a first time backer, there's obviously that hesitation there. Um, but it's great to see that you guys had a high, you know, subscription model or amount of backers that came through and actually pledged. Definitely. Yeah. No, we're, we were pretty happy to see that too. So Oscar, I appreciate you giving us uh, time this afternoon to go through and talk about Thimble and your incredible project that you guys have been so, so successful with, you know, give, give our community your pitch. Tell us what you're all about, where people should go, and you know how they can get a Thimble product. Definitely. If, uh, so Thimble is a monthly subscription service. We deliver an electronics project right to your doorstep uh, to learn and build all types of devices, such as robots, quadcopters, drones, weather stations. And then we have a, a learning app that teaches you how to create what's inside the kit from scratch. And you don't need any background to learn. Uh, you can find us on uh, thimble.io. Uh, we'll have our online store launching later today if people are interested. And if you're just interested in you know learning more, you can sign up to receive our newsletters. Awesome. No, my pleasure having you on, Oscar. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to what you guys are going to do in the future. I think you guys are definitely on to something that's going to be very successful. So all the best to you and your team. Thanks so much, Roy, and I appreciate the interview. Thank you. Definitely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com iTunes. 
It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.